Oh, well, I grew up on my planet farming space worms, where space worms can always be found. But here on Earth, as far as I can discern, there just ain't no space worms around. What can I do? I'm a simple farming man, light years away from my home. It's my heart to farm this planet's land where space worms refuse to grow. Oh, well, I grew up on my planet farming space worms where space worms can always be found. But here on Earth, as far as I can discern, there just ain't no space worms around. I didn't get a reaction from Andrew until the very last, the like last two lines of that. So that's it. That was my that was my cover of Space Worms by Future Folk as the intro to this Blade Runner podcast. Well, that's it. The podcast is ending. I hope you oh, enjoyed our oh, time. Okay. We can't top that, right? There's no way we could top it. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone outside and in between, welcome, welcome back. Back again. My name is Sam Bannigan. And I'm Andrew Thomas. How are you, Sam? I'm good, actually. Uh, Yeah, yesterday was, like, really good. I've had a good couple days. Uh, Yesterday especially was very good. Um, I, like, woke up nice and early, feeling nice nice and rested. Like, went about my day, played some games with my roommate in the afternoon. I did a show in the evening. A cute girl messaged me. It was great. Ooh, it was a whole. It was it was just great. And then and then the highlight of the night was I won my first game of Fall Guys, which is the most the most excited I've ever been for an online uh, win in a, in any video game in my entire life. Can I get a quick react? Like, how was it? How, so it okay. You played football, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you ever like win like a like a championship game? We did not. No, I don't think so. Pretty sure. Okay, what was like the, the most high stakes win you ever had as a foot as a footballman? I, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't remember what well, I had for breakfast. I was I was just trying to to get you in the same headspace. So Fall Guys is a very, very in, in, weirdly intense video game. Uh and like when I won, me and my roommates literally jumped off of our, off of the couch. <laughs> like we all were like, yeah, like just like I jumped. I was like jumping around. It was great. It was insane. Breaking walls. Choking yeah, each like other. it was it was the most hype that has ever happened in this house. And we've like won. We like me and Aaron have won games of, of Apex mm-hmm. uh, before. And that like felt good. Like we were feeling great about that. But Man, that Fall Guys win is is Something a million else. times better. <laughs> I think Andrew, I think you you guys would really like it. I think you guys should play it. Well, uh, we downloaded it. Actually, I was not the biggest fan because there's there's many moments where I just don't know who I am, where I am. I'm like, well, what's happening? I'm an old man when yeah. it comes to video games. You'll get there. I believe in you. Eventually, I just have to grind, grind through it. It takes it like it took me like a couple days of like 
chugging at it to really be like, oh, okay, I think I understand Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, a win is is rare. Really? Ugh. Yeah. It's it's hard, man. It's rough. But I did it, and I oh man, it felt so good. If and I, then I went to bed, and it was great. Ah, uh, how are you doing, Andrew? If I had a soundboard, I would have a little golf clap for you. Oh, just you. just that moment, just a. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, hey, do you know we've had like twenty episodes in quarantine? Every time you mention it, it hurts me. I've counted. Remember when we did Contagion and we just lost our minds a bit? That was wild. (laughs) When it was the week after our first week, it was the second or third week, maybe. And yeah, it was like like the second or third week in this. Uh oh. Uh uh oh. Um. Yeah. No. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Are you buying? Are you buying a lot of stamps? I am not buying a lot of stamps. You gotta buy stamps. Apparently, the postal service is the last stand against fascism that your country has. Or did we just lose a long time ago? And we, if we just—I mean, know, you did, but like and we just don't know how to accept defeat, <laughs> right? Maybe that has America long. ever been a country to accept defeat in that in that way? I mean, they did free the slaves. That must have hurt. Yeah, but even like, then, did they? Uh, I'm fine. Yeah, like, Speaking of slaves, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. What an actually very good segue. Hey, like every week. Uh, nope. Ridley Scott's and Diddy Villeneuve's separately, Blade, not together. Blade Runners. Blade Runners. Oh, oh. You know, the, the <laughs> cartoon. Blade Runner, the cartoon. That was the theme song. You remember that? Blade Runner, oh, oh. <laughs> if Blade Runner was a cartoon, that would have been a very scarring childhood. Blade Runner, Blade Runner, honor, Water Brothers, call me. I'm here. I'm, I'm imagining the, the X-Men original animated series intro <laughs> style, you know? It's Harrison Ford in that trench yeah. coat. It's like the girl like like falling through the glass. <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, we watched there's the movies. A, there's way too many owls. <laughs> way too many owls. Uh, that's that's what they tell me at the comedy club because I get too many hoots. That's the that's the real end of the podcast. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna have another episode after that one. Uh, this is our last episode. Um, this is the last episode. Welcome back. Honestly, ever. if we ever if if we I mean eventually like death is a thing. When when I guess yeah. our uh, podcast ends. What would our beer? This would be a good last movie to talk about. I don't know. I don't want to think about it if I'm <laughs> if I'm honest with you. Okay, that's the world fair. is already hard enough. I don't want to think about the end of the thing that has like kept me going that for is, the past six months. That is very true. That is that <laughs> is the most tr- true statement. Listen, I might be the only person in the world who could say this truthfully. 
I get it, Sam. I really oh, do. Yeah. It's, um, it's wild. Yeah, what did you think of the Blade Runners? <laughs> we I texted you while I was watching the first one. Uh, and I was just, I kind of forgot how good Blade Runner is. It's so good. Like, it's so good. It's kind of wild how good how good both of these films are. Um, yeah, like it's they're just so good. And then you texted, what did you say? Is has Blade Runner been the only good movie? Yeah, is this the is this the only good movie ever? <laughs> Which was just, I just think that's funny. Thanks, um, thanks. I don't man. think it. Uh, every once in a while, Andrew, you cut you hit me with like one good joke that i think about for months i'm still thinking about your escalator joke i still think that's the funniest shit i've ever seen remember escalators but do you when's yeah. the last hey audience member when's the last time you were on an escalator think about think that. about it think about it don't you miss them mine was march so 15th weird. that was the last time <laughs> i saw an escalator yeah um but yeah, man, Blade Runner, the OG and the 2049, just spectacular films through and through. Through and through, yeah. Yeah. I have a I have a personal preference to 2049, which I think we'll get into a bit later. Um, but they're still both like they're both like 10 out of 10 movies. <laughs> How where are you at with the Blade Runners? Uh I still stand by it. The, when did Blade Runner, the first one, originally come out? Uh, 1982. 1982. Uh, the 1982 Blade Runner, uh, forget about it, might be one of my favorite movies of all time. I It's so good. adore this movie. It's so good. Also, Harrison Ford, what a cutie. Ooh. What a Ooh, cutie. Um, yeah solid i say this all the time i say how tight a movie can be and for a movie with robots and flying cars and a bunch of space science exposition this movie is tight you get in for, get for on get two out. hour for a two hour long movie with about 40 minutes worth of dialogue it is tight yes um 2049 is like one of the best blockbusters to come out in the past 15 years. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, so good. I do have to say, and I want to talk about it with performances, but I want to bring it up now. Every okay. single time Jared Leto was on screen, I had no idea what was happening. Every single Bro, time. And I've Jared seen Leto the movie is the... before. Yeah. So that was, yeah, I had... Honestly, I had completely forgotten what happened in 2049. Mm-hmm. Like I was wa- I felt like I was watching it for the first time. I know I wasn't, but it felt like it cuz I was like, I know eventually he talks to Harrison Ford, but I don't really know what about and I'm very confused. <laughs> we me and my roommate Justin and Lupita, we all joke about uh JJ Abrams. There in a JJ Abrams movie, there's always one scene where all your main characters, your main heroes, all talk and tell you what the plot has just been. Like, yeah, 
Like, they're like, oh, Ray was just taken by Kylo Ren, but we still have to blow up the Death Star. Oh, is it like the original Death Star where there's a whole, no, not this time, but also remember this and that. And they yeah. hate it, but I'm like, I actually like that scene. It makes me fulfilled as recap. an audience. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, awesome, I'm following. Awesome, great. <laughs> I was paying attention. Yeah, um, and you get to like the the like water fight at the end of 2049, and you're like, what are they fighting about? I can't remember. Exactly. It's been two and a half hours. And Jarrett Leto, especially, I feel I was, like it's the anti- of the J.J. Abrams scene. I'm yeah. like, what's happening? Who is this? What's what's going on? Is is Harrison Ford real? Is he a replicant? But is he a replicant before? Is this Harrison Ford? Nothing. What's going on? Yeah, it's real confusing. But still great. Uh, and But they're still two of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, and visually, forget about it. Oh. Oh. Uh, got Roger Deakins that Oscar, baby. Yes, it did. Uh yeah. The the true hero. The true Roger hero. Deacons, the true hero of cinema. Um another thing that we joke about over here is that we say this is completely off topic. Is John Williams the only person who knows what movies can be? <laughs> is he the only person <laughs> on earth who knows what movies can and should be? He like, don't you ever? That's hilarious. Don't you ever forget who I am? I was listening to the Rise of Skywalker uh, soundtrack, and the moment where uh, Kylo Ren becomes good again, and it's his theme, but it's in a higher key, and then it's also Ray's theme, and they interweave. It's kind of like it's insane. How does he sleep, John Williams? Good lord, I don't. I don't know. John Williams truly is uh, the goat. The truest form of a goat. Yeah. There's no way around it. But Blade Runner is great. Uh, Blade Runner is fucking great. Um, And the score of Blade Runner, both of them. Fucking, ooh. Yeah, oh, both scores. I've sat down and listened to both scores uh, on on, on some substances, whatever whatever the viewer wants it to be, it is. Sure, why not? I'm making it be. Cocaine. Um, and it's incredible. It's it's so uplifting in a weird way. Burn. Yeah. Burn. It's great. It's like it's like space whale songs. I love it. Imagine me when, sipping on scotch, <laughs> looking out of a window, listening to the yeah. soundtracks of both these films. Uh, when I was when I was trying to find a place to watch Twenty Forty Nine, I like typed it into YouTube to see if it was like available for rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and no joke, like the third result on the page was like a ten-hour Blade Runner music compilation that was like, and it was it was titled like Blade Runner music to sleep to. And I was like, honestly, yeah, I've slept to that. Probably that exact video. Um, I <laughs> love this score. It might honestly be my favorite score in film. I it's really good. I'm in love. Um, one thing, I mean, I feel like we should talk about a, a few of those big stars, just a few, a few of them from yeah. both. Both um, films. 
Yeah, uh, so for the 1982, uh, we have Sean Young as Rachel, uh, who I think does a great job. Yes, very great. Very. She's great. For a robot, very human. Those eyes. Those eyes, man. Yeah. Speaking of, of human robots, uh, we also have Rutger Hauer. Uh, rest in peace, Rutger Hauer. Yes, yes. Uh, as, as Roy Batty, the... Tears and Rain, the the best monologue ever. <laughs> Just like Tears in the Rain. Now, is it true that he made that up on the spot? Yes. Yeah. The you there are there are like copies of the original script that, like you can read. Uh, and that line is nowhere to be seen. It just says the stuff. It says like a variation on the stuff about like I've seen like attack ships on fire off the coast of blah blah yeah. blah. blah, blah. It's not the, it just has that. It doesn't have the like the tears and rain metaphor part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, rip, uh, rest in peace to the to the amazing Rucker Hauer. Who? Oh my god. Girl. His performance in in the nineteen eighty two Blade Runner is uh, quite possibly one of my favorite like villain performances ever. I get that. I understand that. I feel like he paved the way for a lot of different, like, Bond villains, a lot of different, yeah. like, uh, like those Laura Croft, uh, National Treasure villains, always tried to emulate that great sci-fi villain performance. Yeah. If that makes sense. But even, but even just, like, any super relatable... Like, oh, I understand you, mm-hmm. villains. I, I feel if you talk to any of those actors, I'm sure they're like, yeah, Rutger Hauer. Yeah. Yeah, that was back in 82, before villains were yeah. cool. Yeah. It was very true. Like it, like if Michael Shannon hasn't just studied Rutger Hauer, I would be so surprised. What is Michael Shannon doing? What is he up to? He's He's probably just chilling with his millions. He was in Knives Out recently. I was like, what's he? Was he was in Knives Out. He was great in Knives Out. Yeah. I'll look him up. You talk about your feelings on on uh, Harrison Ford. His name. Harrison Ford. Ooh, wee. What a cutie. More so than Indiana Jones. More so than Han Solo. He just. This is the peak of Harrison Ford looks. Because he is just a snack. He's also a good actor, so hey. He really is. <laughs> um, uh, he's in some movies that are like coming out in the next like year or two. Cool. I love a movie Shannon. called Echo Boomers. A movie called Swing. A movie called Shriver. Uh, and then a TV show <laughs> called Nine Perfect Strangers. Ooh, HBO. I know they get their celebrities. He's playing Napoleon? Okay. I don't know if it's it's actually Napoleon, but that's his character's name. (laughs) It's based on a book. It's based on a book. I don't know. Um, (laughs) this This is also, the podcast also gives you Michael Shannon updates every other week. So, do we need a Michael Shannon segment? The Shannon, the Shannon shorter. I don't know. 
Because uh, we have gu- we have Gunwatch. Uh, we have our boy Lewis Pullman. I'm fine with having a Michael Shannon segment. Michael Shannon, who hopefully, hopefully, when when movies are back on track again, will be reported all that Michael Shannon news. Yeah, um, yeah. Harrison Ford as as Deckard is like, ooh, baby. It really, it's peak. It's peak Ford. It is. This is in the middle of both of his huge franchises. Um, yeah. He's one of the biggest stars alive right now. This is. Yeah. Th- yeah. It's wild. Ooh. Um, why? Why do good actors sometimes not care? He's great in this and in 2049. But yeah. there are some Harrison Ford movies where he just shows up, says what's on a page, and leaves. I mean, okay. So I was actually talking to my roommates about this because we were having a very similar conversation. Um, uh, but I think the reason that he doesn't really care about Star Wars is because he, for his entire career, Probably every movie he has ever done press for, he has been asked the same bullshit questions about Star Wars forever. Forever, forever. They're always just like, yeah, but, you know, uh, you're in this new movie and you're starring in it and that's all cool. But did Han shoot first? Like, if I was Harrison Ford, I would also probably go a little bit crazy with all these fanboys just talk- just asking me the same three interview questions for my entire career uh while uh, all while i'm also doing incredible films such as blade runner and the fugitive and indiana jones that are uh uh, you know better than the star war uh and not all of those are better than the star war but blade runner certainly is um and and they aren't asking about is deckard a replicant Yes. I just, I hope that doesn't happen to Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> or to... I don't think it is. He's, he, I think, like, uh, I think he's doing, I think he's doing pretty well. Yeah. We'll see. I like, guess. so far, like, he's just sort of doing weird shit and, and living his life. Isn't that the dream? Ah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. But who else do we got in this cast? Uh... That's it for the 82 that we were going to talk about. Do we want to talk about 2049 people or do do we want to go into Ridley Scott? Ooh, actually, let's do Ridley, my man. Ridley Scott. Scotty. Ridley Scott. I have to Uh, say. Sorry. No, I was going to ask you about Ridley Scott. Oh, what were you going to ask? I was just going to ask, what do you think of Ridley Scott? I was going to try and move the podcast forward in a conversational way. Because that's something I'm trying to work on for myself. (laughs) to say that Ridley Scott knows how to use a camera, man. Ridley Scott knows how to talk to actors and production designers and stunt coordinators and just make it all work. Good yeah. lord. This The direction of this movie, you feel the I'm going to leave it all out on the table and if it doesn't work, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I guess. 
But luckily it does work. And yeah, you feel such passion. And this is post-Aliens. Yeah, has to be, right? Uh, I believe so. Let me check. Yes, this was uh, his the movie immediately following Alien. Oh, okay. So he's already hot poo from from Alien, and yeah. this is his like solidification of like I am a good director. I can do this, and it, gee whiz, boy howdy, does it work? Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of the direction? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's incredible. It's it's. So it feels really daring, like even now, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, because like I goofed about it earlier, but there really isn't a whole lot of dialogue in this movie. But there's still but it but there is still two hours of storytelling. Like in the in the slow shots over LA, in the fire, in the score, in the buildings, in the like you get a full picture of this world and a full picture of this story that that's being told. But there's a lot of no talking, which is like very, just so impressive. Yeah. A lot of visual storytelling. Yeah. Um, in the best way. Yeah. Remember that time he like reshot an entire movie in like a month. Exactly. The goat. This is the goat episode. We're just talking about all the goats. Um, <laughs> he did reshoot an entire movie in a month. Yeah. Um, and then still released it like on its regular ass day, which is the craziest shit in the world to me. How dare the studio question him since there's like seven cuts of this movie. Have you seen the theatrical cut yet? No. The first time I watched the original Blade Runner, it was the theatrical cut and I liked it. <laughs> What's different about it? Uh, there's a voiceover, and it has a happy ending where he's driving with Rachel, and oh. he's like, "Oh, they tried to get us, but no. Now me and Rachel are gonna go to a little a little cabin in the woods and spend our lives oh. there together." Yikes! That would suck. Yeah, and the entire movie is uh, voiced over, so it's Harrison Ford, like uh is she a robot? Ah, jeez. Nah. Johnny, get me a scotch. Um, I wouldn't mind. Ha- I wouldn't mind hearing some of that voiceover, but I don't need it for most of the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched the final. I think both times I've seen it has been the final cut. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, I have not seen the director's cut, but I've heard they're virtually the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's Scott. Ridley Scott. Fucking dope. Uh, cool. Do you want to jump into 2049 yes, real quick? Let's do it. Real quick, because uh, we don't. We got 30 minutes left, and there's yeah. a lot left that we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, uh, so anyone in particular that you want to shout out uh, uh, as we go through this. Jared Leto. I want to talk about Jared Leto for a second. Okay. Neander Wallace, Jared Leto. So what's his point? I re- I've seen this movie like four times and I understand his part less every time. I think it's, I think it's to give the audience uh, uh, the sense of like uh 
what's her what's her name um love um isn't like the end of it okay like defeating like defeating love isn't defeating wallace okay to to know that like at the end of this yeah harrison ford uh, and his daughter are probably still going to be hunted down like that there is still like like with all the replicants at the end when they're like we're going to take back like our like now that we know we can give birth we're going to we're going to revolt yeah give, you know take to back give, our to autonomy. sort of give you like yeah to to sort of be like there is still an enemy to fight it doesn't end here you know yeah and also just to be weird and creepy and like I have and, my feelings on Jared Leto, but yeah. like a lot of his the confusion of his role is not Jared Leto's fault. I'm just no, it's not. He just is in there. Yes, um, and also love. Love is she breaks my heart every time. That actress, uh, yeah, Sylvia Hoax Hoax. I'm gonna say Hoax. Sylvia Hoax. I hope to see her in yeah. more things. She's yeah, she's really good. I was I was quite uh, enamored, but she hasn't done a whole lot. Well, she's uh, oh no, she hasn't done any like really big things, I guess. But uh, it looks like she's still working. Good, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I I'm a big fan of Anna de Armas. Uh, I love her with all with all my parts. Um, and I, I loved her in this as always. Um, I also really like Robin Wright. Yes, that's Robin Wright's fucking dope. I always forget she's in it. Ah, so good. Uh, and then of course Ryan Gosling, fucking the this might be the best role he's ever been cast in. I see that. I get that. It's like this in Drive, right? Have, like, have you seen First Man? Yeah. He's great in First Man. I thought it I thought he was fine in First Man. Or even like Blue Valentine. But yeah, this I haven't seen Blue Valentine. This and Drive, yeah. Or Place Beyond the Pines or anything. I think you would like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I like Ryan Gosling. I'll I'll watch it. I'll watch it eventually. Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, no, he he's the GOAT as well. He yeah. We've talked about Ryan Gosling before. No one can say nothing to make you feel so much. Have we talked about Ryan Gosling before? What Ryan Gosling movies have we done? We've had to. I felt like we've had. Well, we haven't done Drive. La La Land? We haven't done... We didn't do La La Land. Have we done a Ryan Gosling movie? I don't think so. I think this is our first Ryan Gosling movie. Well, hey, look at that. I think we've probably mentioned Ryan Gosling. Yeah. But I don't think we've done a Ryan Gosling movie. Uh, but he's great. He's so good. This is like, ah, uh, I love him in this. So, so good. One of the best silent actors working. Love him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Danny Villeneuve, uh, the best uh, current day sci-fi filmmaker. Easy. Hands down. Uh, well, we were talking about J.J. Abrams earlier. Uh, I think Denny Villeneuve is <laughs> is incredible. I'm sorry, what? Uh, 
I'm sorry. Hold on. I think the direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop the podcast. Hold on. Did you just say that J.J. Abrams is better than Denny Villeneuve at sci-fi? Because you're wrong. Because you're wrong. <laughs> um, he has just made such a career for himself in the, since like 2013. Yeah, man. Denny Villeneuve is fucking, he's killing it. Yeah. Prisoners. If I could, like, I, I, I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, if there is one working, like, newer director who I really want to work with, it's Denny Villeneuve more than anyone else. I get it. Like, Arrival, Blade Runner, Prisoners. Like, ah, it's so good. I'm so excited for Dune. Like, I, I, I'm so excited. Just because he did it. Like, yeah. I don't really... I'm not... And Oscar Isaac. That's like it. That's all That's all I'm excited for. You're not excited for Chalamet? Not hugely. I think he's good. But I've only seen him in Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird. And Interstellar. Oh, and... and oh, yeah, he's in Interstellar. And he's in uh, Beautiful Boy, but I really hated Beautiful Boy, so... Oh, I thought you liked Beautiful Boy. No, it's not good. Ah, dang. It's not good. I was going to watch it. It's just kind of like, look at this guy be an asshole for two hours, and then that's it. I'm like, well, Uh, that sucks. Well, hey. Um, But yeah, Diddy Villeneuve is a great director. Great direction in this film. And just, again, the tone and style of this movie. Yeah, he, he gets sci-fi storytelling in a way that I haven't seen any other like directors get sci-fi storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause he, he, I think the, the big difference for me um, is that the sci-fi is just sort of the, like the science fiction part of it is sort of in the background to like a very human story. Mm-hmm. Like arrival is very much about the need to communicate. And and Blade Runner is very much about like your place in the world. Yes. And like there's cool crazy sci-fi shit going on, replicants and flying cars and aliens and and you know, alien languages and all this sort of stuff is going on. But it really like he focuses in on the on the most important parts in the oh, it's mwah. Ooh, so good. Um there was something that you wanted to talk about with yeah. What was it? Dear Lord. This the, the, it, it, the replicant human discourse. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that discourse. So Deckard's a replicant. Why, why do you say this? He's gotta be, right? Like, like he's gotta be. Why does he have to be? Okay. Okay. One, in the first movie, he has all those weird fo- photos of his childhood, which are just just like the weird photos that Rachel has of her childhood. And then he has that weird... And then how does he have a picture of a replicant that wasn't, that, that wasn't made until recently in that picture? You tell me, Andrew. I just think the movie's a lot more boring. That it's it's for me. It's completely narrative. I think it, it, it's 
him questioning him questioning his existence shows that hey they're not just robots right <laughs> I, I feel like yeah, that's you- just there and of course I know you know that and I know a lot of you out there listening know that but for me it's yeah. kind of like well if he is a replicant then you know then corporations exist and they that we're just robots for corporation and you're telling a different story that I'm not really interested in. But I don't think it, it really changes the story that much is, is the thing. I think that's why it, it works so well. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm just being hyperbolic. Yes. Um, I, I really think that like him being a replicant, I mean, for me, it makes it more interesting. I'm sure in the same way that him being a replicant makes it less interesting for mm-hmm. you. Um, because I, I like that sort of like he's unsure and like and and all this sort of stuff and and his weird unicorn dream and like all these things that are just like it, it sort of ends up asking the movie the movie ends up asking like what what does it actually mean to be human mm-hmm. even if you're not human you know yes and. I think by extension going into 2049, the question of like, is K was K born or it was he just made? I think follows it. If it fits into that same sort of, I think they pair really nicely together. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, and I remember when we saw it in theaters uh, and it was, that he found out that he was... Oh, spoilers for these movies. We've already spoiled it already <laughs> in this conversation. But still, just spoilers up ahead. Um, <laughs> um, when he finds out that he could be the child of Rachel and Decker. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the theater going, Ooh, that's smart to have the same kind of uh, pairing with Harrison Ford's character or the same like conflict. That's smart. Yeah. Who wrote both of the movies? Do you know? Uh, Let me pull it up. I put away my iPad because we were done talking about that. I'm sorry. Uh, I was curious. No, it's okay. Uh, Hampton Fancher and David Webb Webb Peoples uh, wrote the 1982 one. Uh, And Hampton Fancher and Michael Green wrote the uh, 2017 one. So Hampton Fancher was on both of them. All right, there we go. No wonder they fit so fucking well together. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else? Do we have, I mean, we could literally talk about this all day, but uh, with the I mean, I, th- discourse, I just, I think, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's a very interesting sci-fi concept sci-fi as i've said before is like my fave genre (laughs) of film uh and i think these movies do uh an exceptional job of of telling the kind of sci-fi stories that i really like that are very human and they ask very human questions of their robots yes they're like yes you're all robots but what if you're a human? And it's like, well, who fucking knows, man? Yeah. We're going to find out in two and a half hours. <laughs> Strap in. Um, this is a, a fun thing. So with this Blade Runners, 
being good sci-fi. Yeah. And, and hopefully I'm not putting your words in your mouth, but Total Recall being fine movies in your mind, what's the difference? Because yeah. they're both dealing with what is real, what is reality. If something is so man-made, is it just nature? Uh, what makes it? I fun? think I think Total Recall, uh, at least for me, it goes back to that same thing of like, Total Recall focuses way too much on the science fiction of it. Okay. Of the... Yeah, there are people on Mars, and they're running out of air, and there's a corporation that's controlling the air, and, and all this stuff, and you have to go fix it. But maybe you're you're not real, or maybe you are, and it's like that sort of. It sort of feels like that that question of like, are your memories real? What makes a real memory sort of takes a back seat to the, like I'm going to use a drill to drill through a drill and kill a dude while we're trying to find like some alien artifact or in the, in the newer one, the like, Oh, there's like robots and they're the planets running out of space for people to live. And there's this big elevator that travels through the planet. And like Brian Cranston wants to go murder it, like just do a genocide on all of Australia in order to like make it a place for rich people to live. It's like, yeah, that's all, that's all well and good. But then you are also again, asking that question of like, are your memories real? Do they matter? What makes a memory? Blah, blah, blah. And so it's, but that ends up taking such a backseat to the big sci-fi stuff that whereas Blade Runner, as I said, like there's sci-fi stuff going on. Yes. They're talking about replicants. They're talking about, you know, there's flying cars and, and then you can live on different planets and all this stuff. And there are, you know, virtual wives you can have. Um, but it's a very human story. It's a very like, what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be born? What does it mean to have a soul? What does life mean if you only live it for four years? Like, It's wrestling with bigger, more yeah, human It's big issues yeah. aren't, we have a giant space elevator that goes through the planet. It's like, no, what, like, what does it mean to be human? What does that actually come down to? I think that's way more interesting. Did I? Can I actually interrupt you? Can I give you my Total Recall 2012 review? Oh, you watched it? Yeah. Isn't it? Tra- isn't it trash? Guess how I watched it? Uh, half asleep, no. high, <laughs> drunk. Um. So all of the above. I had to pay for it, and I was like, "Oh, oh f that noise." So I just watched all of it in parts on YouTube. Um, oh, yikes! <laughs> it's see, it's I so had to bad. buy. I had to buy Blade Runner twenty forty nine because it's it's not available to stream anywhere. Well, that's worth it. Yeah, it's fine. I spent fifteen dollars and now I own a very good movie. That's that's fine. It's a great. But but twenty twelve Total Recall is really bad. It's trash. Don't you ever? It's a really. Don't you ever compare that movie to my boy Paul Verhoeven? Don't you ever? Yeah. Don't you ever? Uh, that movie's triggity trash, bruh. Yeah. It's the the peanut in my poop. <laughs> what? Something I felt like we've been talking about for two years. Um, the rebuquel, the sequel. What is a good and faithful sequel, and what is a fan film of a sequel? 
in my opinion, I think uh, twenty forty nine is a great follow up. Yeah. To it doesn't fall into the traps of other media that does this. Yeah. Like uh, it. Uh, what were you gonna say? So it like builds and expands on the on the original ideas, which I think is very important for a sequel. Yes. Um. And I mean, we've shared our opinions on Star Wars. I think the first Creed does it very well, where the second Creed just falls into the tropes of, oh, well, we're just making a Rocky movie, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. Like, can't you imagine a world where 2049 is Total Recall uh, 2012? Ugh, that would suck, man. That would be so bad. But, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, you see... No, it very well could have been. Uh, but they got some of the best on it. Like, they got Denny and Roger and Ryan. And Hans. And the same writer. Like, they brought in the A-team for it. Um, Makes you really think how Force Awakens didn't work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? They're Disney. You can do whatever you want. But... I, di- I, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's weird. I don't love it. I don't love that that's sort of where we're at with with movies, mm. that everything needs a new one. Like, the Jurassic Worlds are so fucking bad. I know you like one, but I think they're both so bad. Um, and unnecessary. Like, it, they just... It very much just feels like, yeah, we're doing Jurassic Park again. Mm-hmm. Boop-a-doo. <laughs> um, like, that's their that's their thing. And that's what that's very much what Force Awakens was. But then Last Jedi does a good does the thing of like, oh, this is a sequel that's building and expanding on the ideas in the original sort of stories. Mm-hmm. And that's what 2049 does. That's I'm sure there are other one Bond, the new Bond series. Oh yeah, Daniel Craig's. Yeah, like those movies slap. I watched all of them back, like at the beginning of quarantine. They're fucking. They're really good. Yeah, or even something I watched at the beginning of quarantine, Doctor Sleep. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Doctor Sleep. Yeah, but it does expand great. on the bigger idea. Of the yeah, shining. but it ends up just becoming like the Shining. Remember yeah. the remember the Shining does yeah and is there's not really a moment like that i guess there's is there any big overlap or small overlap in both films not particularly the most stuff you get is like you hear the audio from the original film Mm. like in the interviews and stuff like that but it, it really feels like such a different, like they feel like they're they're very well interlinked. Um, interlinked, interlinked, interlinked cells, interlinked. Why did you have to say cells interlinked? interlinked. <laughs> because you know why? Because it's in the goddamn movie. Um, it very much feels like they are they are you know two parts of of one story. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like. The tw- it doesn't feel like twenty forty nine is is leaning on the success of uh of the original Blade Runner. Yeah, 
Like, I know people who have only seen 2049, and they're like, it's fucking amazing. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. And then I'm like, you should, and then I say, you should go watch, you should go watch the original one. It's really, it's really good. Chef Keys. Yeah. Uh, You wanted to talk about Tone. Tone. Ugh. A toad can get you far. It really can. It's true. It's and like sorry to keep bringing up the corpse of Total Recall 2012, but like that's the exact <laughs> opposite of a toad. It's so yeah. sterile and it's so fake and yeah, and like you can even argue if well that's the point. Sure, whatever. Um, Doesn't make it good. <laughs> Wherever, just because that was intended doesn't mean it's good. And I disagree with that sentiment, but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll blow past that. Just because you intend to make a dull movie doesn't mean it's not dull. Matters how it's executed. Yeah, and it was executed poorly. Total Recall, yeah, for sure. Oh my god. What a waste. <laughs> what a waste. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I left you out to dry yeah. with that movie. If yeah, it was you a really good, did. Imagine if I just forgot 2049, you'd be like, ah, well. Ah, whatever. I watched a great movie. Ugh. Anyway, it's so fake and so sterile. We're here, whenever they're in, like, California, and it's that weird Tokyo-esque, like, structures and uh streets it feels so lived in it feels like i know where that pothole i've seen that pothole before i know this this you know chinese food cart they have the best noodles they have better noodles than the cart three blocks down but not as good as four blocks down it's so like rich i don't know how they did it two times twice two times two times two times (laughs) Um, yeah, no, this tone just really gets you. It gets you in that mindset. You want to smoke and try to solve yeah. a crime. Like from that first shot of 2049, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, damn. Oh, damn. And like that first shot of like the fire coming out of L.A. in the in the original. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, fuck, bro. That's oh, good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, these movies, man. They slap. Why can't all movies be this good? Every movie tries. It's true, but they most of them failed. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, I think like for that tone, I think big shout outs to the cinematographers, Roger Deakins, Avi for mm-hmm. 2049. Uh that fucking the V goat of uh cinematography. Uh, and Jordan Cronenwith, Cronenwith, uh, for the eighty-two version. What else is eighty-two? Uh, he 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 shot has done a bunch of stuff. Um, stuff he's known for is Blade Runner. Peggy Sue got married. All right. Uh, Altered states. And State of Grace. I felt like I've heard of all of these, but I have not seen 
any of them. He also did the 1973 TV movie Birds of Prey. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Which I thought that was just a, a wild. He's done a bunch of stuff. Um, oh, he died like 13 days after I was born. That's spooky. That is spooky. 13. Uh oh. <laughs> Zoinks. <laughs> How's your Scooby Doo rewatch? It's. It's coming along. During yeah. quarantine, Lupita and I watched the big four Scooby-Doo's. You know, you're a Scooby-Doo fan, right, my guy? Yeah, man. Scooby-Doo and the the haunted the zombie island. That's the first one. Then the second one was Scooby-Doo and the witch, which is... Which is gardening time. That is a gardening. That is a Max Keeble's big move reference for all the keep it up. Anyway, that's the podcast. That's it. I don't know what to talk about anymore after that one. That one took it out of me. That one took it out. That was it. Yeah, that was it. That was the one. Uh, I wish we had more time on this podcast, uh, but I want to wrap it up. Uh, so I kind of I forgot that I wanted to talk about cyberpunk as a genre uh, because it's very interesting. Ooh, as a weird genre. Yeah. What are some cyberpunk media? Blade Runner was the uh, like. The thing that like created cyberpunk that birthed it, yeah, that birthed it. Uh, yeah, it was between cyberpunk and a book called Neuromancer, which is on my small little shelf of books to read. Ooh, okay, uh, they sort of created this cyberpunk genre, and it's just like very, it's a very interesting subset of sci fi that's like sort of steeped in American like fear. It, it, the history of it is so interesting, it's really interesting, please. Please, when everything opens back up, just make everything look like Blade Runner. That would be my life. I would love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eat it. Noodles. Yeah, the genre, the genre as a whole is is very interesting, and I'm uh, I'm trying to start a a sci fi uh, like role playing game thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blade Runner is a, is a very big inspiration for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just good. Like, cyberpunk as a genre, as an aesthetic in in sci-fi, is like the industrialization and the and the, the grittiness is, oh, so good. Blade Runner. Uh, do you have, do you have anything else before we wrap up? Uh, Blade Runner, good. Both good. Both good movies. <laughs> uh, my name is Sam Bannon. And I'm Andrew Thomas. Yeah, uh, you can find the podcast all over the place at Welcome Back Pod. Uh, you can join Lennox Studios in supporting us uh, in, in producing the show uh, over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Welcome Back Pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, that's uh, you can get a bonus episode uh, every month uh, on our Patreon uh, for as little as five bucks a month. Uh, we know that the world is still on fire, so if you can't support us financially, that's totally fair. Um, I have to say, uh, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry to ruin the rhythm. I have to say, literally every like we do this, and this is truly the highlight of my week. This podcast, and I'm like, ah. Yeah. Oh! All right, I can make it another week. And then it's the Patreon that makes me go, oh, yeah. <laughs> the bit of happiness so you have. Do you want to, like, take your headphones out maybe like when I, I talk about it? Maybe I will. Because <laughs> it's always like, oh, me, me and my best pal, Hobali, Sam Bannigan, talking about films. Oh, yeah, Hell the yeah. world's still on fire. The world is still on fire. Wop, wop. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you can't financially support us over there, we totally understand. Uh, we ask that you, like, review the show on on whatever you listen to us on, or like the track, or follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on the social medias. Those are all really great ways to help out uh, the show. If you're fans, uh, it means the world to us. Yes, it does. Also, listen to all of you. Tell your friends. Tell all your tell, friends. Tell your real friends. Tell, tell your, your fake friends. Tell your robot friends. Tell your robot friends. Uh, tell your digital digital wives. Your real friends and your sham friends. This real pain for my... No, that's champagne for my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. Yeah. That's it. Uh... Yeah, but just it means the world to us if you can help support us in these weird in this weird world. Uh, and I don't have a bit, so I'm just gonna sing the next verse of this ding ding dang song. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, Sam, 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 Sam. Well, time's tough and money's pretty tight. Had to sell my fourteen-legged mule. Found no space worms, I can't put up a fight. This planet can be so cruel. Oh, well, I grew up on my planet farming space worms. Where space worms can't always be found. Ah, ah, ah. But here on Earth, as far as I can discern, there just ain't no space worms around. Space, space, space worms. Do you know, uh, editing that is going to be hell, because there's no way we were in time with each other. Maybe. 